So that was your day of school? It was good. Yeah, you had fun? Yeah. Yeah. So you wanna go play some games? Yeah. Yeah? Let's go do it. I think I'm gonna beat you today. I don't think so. I do. Hey guys, how you doing tonight? Me and my son, uh, Jerry, we uh, like to play video games pretty heavily. By the 88, I recently have lost mobility in my left arm and hand. I'm not able to move it very much. Jerry has spinal muscular atrophy, and as his disease started to progress, um, Jerry couldn't push down on the keyboard keys anymore. For Jerry Book and thousands of other disabled gamers, life without video games is just not an option. In that respect, they're in the majority. Two-thirds of U.S. families are likely to end their day playing video games. And in fully one-fifth of these families, someone has a disability that makes it difficult for them to play. In Jerry's case, the solution required a bit of do-it-yourself engineering. Okay, so what we've done here is we took four micro switches and we mounted them on a little cardboard tube and we stuck a, a longer rod for leverage and we stuck a washer inside to take up the gap space so when we pull this new joystick into the corners we can actually individually click one button at a time or we can click two simultaneously so instead of using the A and the S key to go forward and backwards he can now just a and S would be forward and reverse on this stick. <laughs> By playing online with other gamers, Jerry has found a community. Being able to play games is important to me because it makes me feel like I'm like everybody else. And it, it also helps me with my, my skills myself. I'm more responsive. I'm able to even better control my chair because of what I can do in a game. And how good are you? I like to think I'm, I'm pretty good. But in a world with so few alternatives, being good simply isn't enough. Disabled video gamers need help, help that has to come from game developers. And as thousands of game developers from around the world gather at their annual conference in San Francisco, the question still remains, is anyone listening? When the doors open, most attendees immediately flock to the hot new games. It's clear that game accessibility just isn't a priority for this $7 billion industry. But there are a few mavericks working to change that. Making video games more accessible isn't very sexy in a way because what is very attractive to programmers are really hard challenges such as artificial intelligence or, or physics rendering. Popular video game consoles such as Sony's PlayStation 3 and Microsoft's Xbox 360 offer controllers with multiple buttons and complex commands. For many disabled players, these render the game systems useless. At this point, designing for disabled gamers remains the domain of hobbyist engineers. This controller for quadriplegics, for example, was made by a retired aerospace engineer in Montana. Although he's not a quadriplegic, San Francisco game developer Reed Kimball wants to see how well the controller works. Kimball is one of the developers pushing the industry to think about disabled gamers. The quad controller helps people that can't use their hands the way you normally would on a normal controller. Um, all of the functions are here 
accessible to the chin and the mouth. There are different holes where you can either blow into the hole and do a different action or you can sip from the hole and it will do another action. A controller for a system like the Xbox 360 or PlayStation 3 or Nintendo Wii, those controllers get millions of dollars of research put into them and dozens or maybe hundreds of prototypes. And I, I really saw that the same kind of attention needs to be brought to these accessible peripherals. Yes. I don't know how I survived. Go for help. Kimball's interest in accessibility was kindled by personal experience. I became hearing impaired when I was about 12 months old and I had uh, spinal meningitis. It's categorized as a severe hearing loss. One day I saw an internet post on some forums and someone wrote saying, I have a friend who's deaf and he can't play the game. Uh, could anybody help? Hey you, up here, quickly. The game in question was Doom 3, a popular first-person shooter in which a soldier tries to defend himself from creepy demons on Mars. And a lot of people wrote back really, really nasty things saying, uh, Doom 3 is a game all about sound, um, you know, deaf people shouldn't be playing games. So that really angered me and it kind of energized me to do something about it. I wanted to prove these people wrong. Reed contacted the publisher of Doom 3 and asked for permission to caption the game. They were really supportive of it. Um, they even sent me um, Excel spreadsheets that had a listing of all the sound files and the dialogue. So that really helped me um, to make sure that I was getting all of the sounds in the correct captions. Be careful. I don't know what's in there. Sounds are very important for video games because sound could come from um, threats in the environment that could harm the player in some way that the player needs to know to avoid. So I know, I know that something else is out there because I'm seeing this red text and red means uh, it's a threat to the player. Since Kimball posted it, the captioned version of Doom 3 has been downloaded 19,000 times. Another game, Half-Life 2, has also been captioned, but Kimball is hungry for more. To get their colleagues' attention, Kimball and his group have set up a game arcade to show off accessible games and technologies. But the first stop is a game that, rather than being easier to play, is impossible to play. Oh my god, this makes you feel like you're going crazy. Researcher Dimitris Germanos has created a game that helps able-bodied players experience for themselves the obstacles disabled people face. This inaccessible game demonstrates how busy screen graphics make it hard for players with visual impairments. It also shows how complex key combinations can make a game unplayable. One way around the complex controller problem is to simplify the actual gameplay. That's the idea behind San Francisco game designer Ethan Levy's game Zombies Ate My Peoples. My goal was to make a game that you could play with just one button, um, or an on and off switch 
that allowed for a lot of strategic depth of gameplay. Um, really, it would feel action-packed, but not require the sort of timing challenges that a beat-em-up game would. And what's nice about this is I don't have to tell any of the towers to aim. I don't have to manage their resources or anything. It's just once I build it, they'll do their job. And the zombies, I don't have to control at all either. They'll just always walk on this path. Kimball's group is topping off its efforts at the conference with a contest. They've invited five top designers to pitch a game idea for quadriplegic gamers. So this has been a long and crazy journey to get to the season finale of Accessibility Idol. In a spoof of the popular television talent show American Idol, they've called the event Accessibility Idol. The participants present their concepts to the judges. Um, what we have here, folks, is uh, an alternative reality 3D combat flight simulator based on airships. In the world of Dragon Master, dragon hatchlings imprint upon the very first person they see. So this is a game that uh, has three different races battling in a multiplayer kind of thing like Star When it comes time to count the votes, the numbers aren't quite at American Idol levels. Everyone, hands for the Hindenburg. Dreadnoughts of the sky. Okay, dragons. It looks like dragons are our winner. <laughs> for game designer Sherry Grainer Ray, who's worked for the likes of Sony Online Entertainment and Electronic Arts, the contest helped to focus her on how to make video games that are accessible to all. I wasn't so interested in uh, designing a game for somebody who was quadriplegic. I was much more interested in designing a game that was accessible to a lot of people, including someone who was quadriplegic. Another contestant, video game pioneer Noah Falstein, doesn't think the solution will come from within the industry. I do think that from a commercial standpoint, it's going to be very difficult uh, to impossible to get big commercial com companies interested in doing a lot on the disability level. But there are many philanthropic organizations or uh, governmental organizations that have been providing money for serious game projects. And I think accessibility is one of those issues that just lends itself very well. Whether the solutions come from the game industry or elsewhere, Jerry and his father Robert Sorry. know many disabled gamers who stand to benefit. We meet with hundreds and hundreds of people every year and a lot of them do try to use their computer or games and find it extremely hard. So I think that uh, if people can get together and um, make better uh, joysticks or apparatuses or key assigning, there's a whole market out there of other people who could really could benefit from that. Okay guys, we'll see you later. Thank you very much.